0: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, more about progressives and their use of projection to deflect from their own sins. I'll talk about Joe Rogan, and then we'll spend a lot of time with Bill Maher. And I'm going to thank him for shining a light on the hypocrisy of scientism. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's show. Thanks for listening into The Rebellion. So, today's topic is Bill Maher. I'm going to spend most of the show on Bill Maher because yesterday I said I was going to discuss him and we just didn't have time to do so. So, I'm going to keep my promise. Today we will talk about Bill Maher and how he excoriates, he takes apart the scientism of the current scientific debate. And if you haven't listened to my description of scientism versus science, you want to listen to today's show. There is a difference. There's a huge difference. And Bill Maher nails it. He nails it in terms of calling out the hypocrisy, the duplicity, the dishonesty of scientism versus real science. But before we get into that, I want to talk about Joe Rogan and tie a bow around this issue of projection, the progressive establishment, and their use of projection, the pot calling the kettle black, to deflect from their own sins. Let's take an early break, and when I get back, a brief moment on Joe Rogan, and then we'll jump into Bill Maher. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Thanks for listening in. Remember that if you would like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. And thanks so much to all of you who have chosen to do so. So back to today's show. Okay, so very briefly, Joe Rogan. If you've been following the news at all, you know that there's this movement to try to cancel Joe Rogan. Uh, They want him removed, deplatformed from Spotify. Now, I want to remind you that Joe Rogan is the most popular podcaster in the world. He has over 11 million listeners per day. 11 million people tune in per day to listen to Joe Rogan. That's more than CNN, Fox News, MSNBC combined. Combined. So more people are getting their information, getting their news, so to speak, from Joe Rogan than from those media outlets. So this is a big deal, that people are actually trying to deplatform and cancel him. Now, it started out with him being canceled because of the things he was saying about COVID. He dared to challenge the cult of COVID. He got COVID-19, and His response to that was to, quote-unquote, throw the kitchen sink at it, and that kitchen sink included the use of ivermectin. Well, you know, everybody lost their mind. How dare you promote the the use of horse medication, a horse dewormer. He was mocked, he was ridiculed, and thank the Lord he didn't back down. He shared the scientific information about ivermectin, but he was excoriated, and ultimately, there's an attempt to deplatform him. Well, recently it's come out that Joe Rogan used the N word in years gone by in some of his podcasts. Well, you think, well, that's terrible. Well, context is always king. Why did he use it? The reason he used the N word is he was either quoting somebody else or he was using it in the context of being disparaging of that attitude. Of the use of racial language, but rather than saying N-word, he actually pronounced the word. Now that's critical. But here's the here's uh, we could do a whole show on this, and maybe I will. But the point I'm making right now, before we get into Bill Maher, is this: this is another example of projection by the progressive left, because they found out that he used the N-word. We now know that an author by the name of Don Winslow, who's a best-selling author, called for the cancellation of Joe Rogan not because of his reference to ivermectin, but because of the fact that he used the N-word some decade ago in one of his podcasts. Again, why did Joe Rogan use the N-word? He was either quoting somebody else. For example, was he reading a passage out of Mark Twain where he wrote of the use of that word during that era in American history where the word was used by people in describing one another. Or perhaps was Joe Rogan quoting a contemporary black author or black spokesperson who uses that word freely and robustly? There's a difference between using a word in that context versus using it differently in a pejorative way, in a way that actually demonstrates the fact that you are a racist. You might just be quoting someone who is a racist. Very, very big difference. Now, my point is this. Don Winslow comes out and says that he wants Joe Rogan deplatformed and canceled from Spotify and the whole world, quite frankly, because he used the N-word. Well, guess what? Don Winslow himself, in his own books, his best-selling books, has used the N-word 52 times. 52 times! One more time on that. Don Winslow is documented to have used the N-word in his own books, his own writing, 52 times. But yet Don Winslow comes out and says to cancel Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan used the N-word in quoting other people. It would almost be as absurd as this. Don Winslow calls to cancel Joe Rogan for quoting Don Winslow. I mean, that's how absurd this movement is. Now, lest anybody take anything I'm saying out of context and suggest that I'm advocating the use of racial language as a disparaging comment toward other people just because of the way they look? Absolutely not. That's deplorable. That's not Christian. That's not biblical. It's just not kind. It's not polite human behavior, to say the least. But if I'm quoting somebody else, for example, if I'm quoting Don Winslow, reading a passage from his book, if I'm reading something that Mark Twain wrote, if I'm reading something that... Martin Luther King Jr. said when he used the word Negro to describe black people, because that's the way Martin Luther King Jr. chose to describe his community at the time. Am I guilty of being a racist because I quoted Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? I hope you would say no. I mean, I quote people frequently who use language that I don't use. And the reason I might quote them is I want you to understand, or the people I'm writing to or communicating with, I want them to understand how offensive that language is. And I don't want to water down the offense of their language by paraphrasing them, by putting a dot, 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 or a blank in place of their offensive language. That's a big difference in the way Joe Mo- Joe Rogan, excuse me, Joe Rogan used the n word, and the way somebody who's blatantly racist chooses to do so. You get my point. This is another example of projection. Don Winslow is projecting his own sins onto Joe Rogan. Don Winslow is actually the pot calling the kettle black here. He's projecting something that he has done himself in spades fifty-two times. In his own writing, he's projecting it onto Joe Rogan and claiming the high ground in the process. This is hypocrisy. This is the hypocrisy of the progressive mind. I can't tolerate your intolerance. I hate you hateful people. I'm sure that nothing is sure. I know that nothing can be known. And you're a racist for using the same language that I use in my own books. This is something we need to recognize and call out. Okay, I've got a few minutes left, and I want to shift to Bill Maher. Why? Because Bill Maher is calling out the duplicity. He's calling out the hypocrisy. He's refusing to allow projection to win. Now, there's a parallel, obviously, between what he's doing and what I've just described in terms of this attack on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan was attacked initially because he dared to challenge the COVID narrative. He dared to challenge the cult of COVID. He dared to say, wait a second, I've done my own research. I've got a brain. I've got a mind. I've done a little reading. I've read uh, the stuff of people that know a lot more about medicine than I do. And I've seen that ivermectin actually might have some benefits. And it's a drug that's been around for a long time. It's been prescribed to people for decades. And it's actually been called a miracle drug. It's actually won awards. And there are people that are saying that it's been tested in large populations that have come down with COVID and it's had some positive effect. All of that is true. All of those are scientific facts. Okay? And people tried to cancel Joe Rogan for being some sort of crazy, uh, being a tinfoil hat nut job. Again, they projected their own sense upon Joe Rogan. Well, Bill Maher is calling out this craziness, and he's challenging the mainstream media and the medical establishment for the way they've communicated and the way they've scared people and the way they've lied to people and obfuscated and danced and dodged when it comes to the facts, the science of COVID. Um He's done done us all a favor because he's gone through and he has the research on this. He's documented the duplicity of the progressives. For example, he went on a show recently and he ripped the legacy media for scaring the blank out of people. Again, I'm going to put in blank there because it's language I don't use. And one of the things I disagree with Bill Maher, and I disagree with him on a lot, is his vulgarity. I'm not going to communicate that way. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's disrespectful, and I don't think it's uh, in keeping with a Christian testimony. So Bill Maher's language is something I'm going to blank out as I talk about him right now, but I'm thankful for him having the honesty to actually challenge his own. Thank them when they're right and criticize them when they're wrong. And in this case, Bill Maher is right, so thank you. He says... The legacy media is scaring the blank out of people over COVID-19. He goes after the New York Times. Um, Excuse me, he doesn't go after the New York Times. He goes after Democrats by actually using a survey that was written about in the New York Times, which showed that there is an overwhelming overestimate of the likelihood of a person being hospitalized should he get COVID. One more time, the New York Times has challenged, challenged Democrats and the fact that they have overwhelmingly overestimated the likelihood of a person being hospitalized should they get COVID. In other words, Democrats believe that the thing is worse than it really is. And the New York Times survey actually demonstrates this. Um, when they were asked, what do you think the chances are that you would go to the hospital if you got COVID, Democrats thought it was higher than Republicans. And Marr points this out, even though he is a Democrat, a very left-leaning Democrat in some ways. Marr referred to the New York Times poll that found that Democrats were more likely to exaggerate the severity of COVID than Republicans. Now... The real answer of the likelihood of you going to the hospital if you get COVID is between 1% and 5%. That's the real answer. Those are the scientific facts, 1% to 5%. But 41% of Democrats thought that it was over 50% likely that you'd go to the hospital if you get COVID. So 41% of Democrats think that the chances of you going to the hospital if you get COVID is 50% when the reality is it's 1% to 5%. And another 28% of Democrats thought that the chances of you going to the hospital if you get COVID is between 20 and 49%. So if you add those two together, this is what Bill Maher says. 70% of Democrats think that it's way, way higher than it really is. 70%. 70%. 7 out of 10 Democrats think that the chances of you going to the hospital if you get COVID are astronomically higher than what reality really is. Why? Bill Maher says it's because the mainstream media has scared people. It's caused them to believe in a boogeyman, something that isn't true. Um, he goes on. Maher goes on and criticizes the way ivermectin has been politicized. This overlaps with the Joe Rogan story that I just shared with you. Now, ivermectin is a drug that has been awarded the Nobel Peace Prize back in 2015, not that long ago. I'm going to repeat that. Ivermectin is a drug that has been awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. And that organization cited its quote-unquote immeasurable benefits to humans. But the media, the mainstream media, the progressives, those that are guilty of projecting their sins upon the Everybody else, their close mindedness their duplicity, their lies upon everybody else, they've reduced ivermectin to being called a horse dewormer. I mean, you've seen Don Lemon and all the CNN folks laugh at Joe Rogan and all the rest of us who have decided to pay attention to the benefits of ivermectin and maybe actually have some of it in our medicine cabinet because we think it might be be beneficial. I mean... It's been cited as a Nobel Peace Prize recipient for its immeasurable benefits to humans. It's not just a horse dewormer. This pandemic, here's where Bill Maher is absolutely right. This pandemic, COVID has exposed how people have politicized medication and turned it into scientism rather than science. Scientism is the worship of science to the extent that you don't even ask good questions any longer because the scientists, the experts told you. Dr. Anthony Fauci, his grand and glorious high priest of scientism, told you not to wear a mask, so don't wear it because it's not beneficial. But then he changed his mind and told you, you have to wear a mask, so you wear the mask because you've been told to do so. And... He, tell, he told you that, uh, oh, he didn't have anything to do with gain-of-function research, but when the records are disclosed by United States senators, we find out that that's not true. But yet, the lemmings still follow Dr. Anthony Fauci. The lemmings still bow to their high priest, to their pontiff, to the man behind the curtain. Who's pulling the strings? Because he's the expert. And it doesn't matter if he's flip-flopping. It doesn't matter if he's duplicitous. It's a religious conviction. There's no more sense to it. There isn't any logic to it. It's the antithesis of science because it shuts down the debate. It cancels people. It literally deplatforms people who want to raise their hand and ask a good question. I mean, ivermectin, it's a drug. It's not a politician. And there shouldn't be any condemnation of it. There should be no illogical ad hominem attacks of the drug. We shouldn't be calling the drug names like a horse dewormer when that's not true. Well, it is true. It is used to deworm horses. But that doesn't make any difference Penicillin is used on horses, too. Does that mean you're not going to use penicillin? Are you going to trash it and call it a horse drug and laugh at the rest of the human race that wants to use penicillin for obvious scientific reasons? I mean, I could exaggerate it to the extent of saying that water is consumed by horses, too. Does that mean you're not going to drink water? I mean, the absurdity of labeling ivermectin a horse dewormer because it is used effectively as an anti-parasitic drug on horses as well as people, but it also has other benefits that have been documented to have immeasurable benefits on human beings. Bill Maher points this out. Thank him when he's right, criticizing when he's wrong. On this, he's right. Bill Maher goes after blue states and how they've shut down everything, and he praises red states. Now, this is a liberal Democrat talking about the the pain-in-the-blank blue states for their stringent restrictions, their stringent COVID-19 restrictions, but yet he praises red states, such as Florida, such as Oklahoma, for the joy—that's Bill Maher's language—the joy— that they've allowed people to continue to experience by living free. He calls the Democrats' rules over the pandemic to be little short of mindless bureaucracy. He goes after Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor for being stupid, for being terribly ill-informed, and saying things from the bench that are wildly false, like we have over 100,000 children in serious condition, And many on ventilators, that's a quote from Justice Sotomayor, where at the time when she said that, we had fewer than 5,000 children in serious condition. 5,000! And she said 100,000. And she also called COVID a blood-borne virus. (laughs) A blood-borne virus? Bill Maher points out that that is, quote, really ignorant for a Supreme Court justice, close quote. And then he says this, We're the people who believe in science, but she doesn't have the facts. You don't have the facts, Justice Sotomayor, and we're supposed to be the ones who believe in science. Thank you, Bill Maher. Thank you. Thank you when you're right, and we'll criticize you when you're wrong. That's what honest conservatives do with each other and anybody else. Uh, Bill Maher then goes on and talks about how other countries right now, right now, are loosening or ending their pandemic restrictions. Denmark. Denmark has come out and said that the pandemic restrictions are going to be ended, or at least nearly ended, on February 1. So we're a couple weeks into this now, and Denmark is well ahead of us because they've recognized They've recognized that COVID-19 is not even going to be classified as a, quote, critical threat, unquote. The Danish prime minister has said that. And the recommendation for him to do so came from the Danish Epidemic Commission, from the scientists in Denmark, in Copenhagen. This is the quote. We say goodbye to the restrictions and welcome the life as we knew it before. Denmark. Did you ever think you'd live to see the day where Denmark was an example of freedom over and above the United States of America? In other European countries, such as England, England has announced that it's halted its mask mandate. And they are no longer requiring proof of vaccination to enter nightclubs or other large venues. That's in England. And then we have the Netherlands prime minister coming out and saying, we are taking a big step today to unlock the Netherlands. That was just this last Tuesday. And then Sweden authorities are coming out and saying that they're going to lift COVID-19 restrictions. Sweden's health minister declared that COVID-19 restrictions would be relaxed, and they started that on February 9th. Finland's prime minister came out and said this, the government will assess the necessity of the restrictions. And will consider opening low-risk cultural and sports events and that the coronavirus should no longer be considered a threatening disease for society. That's a quote. That's a quote from Finland. The list goes on and on and on. The evidence that we are worshiping within a cult, the cult of COVID, scientism rather than science. The, the evidence is replete. It's all over the place. And thank Bill Maher for pointing it out and putting it together in a cogent argument. A cogent and clear and concise argument. He goes on. He talks about how the limitations that we've placed upon kids are, quote, horrible, close quote. Bill Maher said that. He's basically making the argument that the way we've treated children during this pandemic is essentially child abuse. Why? Because children are not at great risk. They're hardly at any risk of suffering from this particular pandemic or this particular pathogen. Proof? Let's go to science. England has done the research of this, and they're not hiding it. Of the 3,105 deaths, I'll say that one more time, of the 3,105 deaths from all causes among the 12 million or so people under 18 in England, so 3,105 deaths of all causes of the 12 million people who are under 18 in England between March Of 2020 and February of 2021, only 25 of those 3,105 deaths were attributable to COVID. Did you hear that? So don't tell me that children are at risk in England of the 3,105 deaths of all causes among the 12 million or so people that are under 18, between March of 2020 and February of 2021, only 25 were attributable to COVID. And half of those had comorbidities. So what's that as a percentage? Two out of every million people, two out of a million people in that age range died of COVID. Now, Bill Maher is pointing this stuff out. He goes on and on and on. He talks about the John Hopkins research that just came out with regard to lockdowns. And and, and it's very clear the lockdowns were not effective. This is Johns Hopkins. They're telling us that lockdowns were not effective. In fact, the close quote is this, lockdowns should be rejected out of hand as a pandemic policy instrument. It appears that Dr. Fauci was wrong. It appears that the prince of scientism was wrong. It appears that you weren't told the truth about a lot of things, either because they just didn't know or because they lied to you. It doesn't make any difference, quite frankly, for the sake of what I'm trying to point out today. And what I'm pointing out today is that if you want to be a scientist, if you want to be pro-science, then you can't project your sins upon other people and thereby shut down the debate, shut down the conversation, because that's the antithesis of science. That's the opposite of science. That's politics. That's propaganda. That's brainwashing. That isn't the pursuit of truth. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.